the internet is always pretty bad, but sometimes it's okay. Sometimes. Rarely, but sometimes it's okay. Um, so I sent you a link and you can put it in the show notes, but we're going to, since we end up just talking about food anyway on the show, um, <laughs> instead of what is in the title of the program, which oddly I've, I've realized that we never actually mentioned. I don't think in the past 190 episodes, we've actually ever said the name of the show. I think once the sponsors start to roll in, uh, we'll have to say the technically correct was brought to you by or something. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll figure it out. It, you know, we, we put a lot of that in post, so you actually wouldn't even notice. Oh yeah, yeah. It is weird where a lot of shows the co-host isn't actually like the the ads are recorded afterward. But but sometimes on upgraded, it totally is recorded um, in the show. Probably like Bill Simmons does this weird thing where the intro to his shows he actually does after he's finished recording because mm. he'll he'll make references to like what you're about to listen to because he's you know already done it. Yeah, and then he plays a fish song. Uh, it's not fish. It's or um, Primus or wh- whatever it is. It's the Boston band where it's all it's uh, chanting. Yeah, I, f- I forget who it is. It doesn't matter. It's 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 uh, Gen X stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. That is a very fun thing. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter where um people keep posting surveys that like the news will do where they'll take like a public interest poll on like oh do you think like socialized medicine is good. And they will sort out age groups, and they'll be like, oh, people up to like 15 to 24 think this, 24 to 34. And they will leave out all middle-aged people, and it's kind of the best. Because <laughs> then 40-year-old people on Twitter go and complain about being the forgotten generation. Anyway, so this thing that um, you'll put a link in the show notes, it, it, it's, it's, it's not that notable a video. You can probably get the, the gist of it after 15 seconds. But basically, they have a um, one of those Costco... Lay's variety pack things that includes two kinds of Doritos, two kinds of Lay's, and then Fritos and Cheetos. And they want to know what is the the ranking of those of those uh, potato chips or corn chips. And I think there's only one right answer, but I want to know if you have um, any insight, at least what should be on the bottom, what should be on the top, because it's tough so to rank the, six things. Yeah, so I need to make sure I've got the complete list here. And you know, as oh, yeah, you for know, the audience, Carlos, yeah. radio is theater of the mind. Um, People have been to a Costco. Yeah. <laughs> uh so the the chips uh are Lay's, like kind of regular Lay's, mm-hmm. non wavy. Non wavy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the clarification. Doritos, Cheetos, Fritos, and then is this barbecue Lay's? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then well then I guess another flavor of Dorito. Cool ranch, I'm guessing. Cool ranch. Yeah, okay. Um, so you're asking for the worst of these? No, no. I mean, if you if you can quickly rank them all six, that'd be great. But if you wanted to say what's the best and the worst, that's also acceptable. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try I'll try to rank them here. I I don't want to take a shortcut here. The the, the listeners demand more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say at the bottom, regular Doritos. Hmm. I'm I'm not a I this this is not a popular opinion, but I'm just I'm not a big Doritos guy. I don't hate them by any means. And I've, but, I've had, but, a, I've a, had my... a counterpoint or uh, introducing new evidence, Your Honor. Aren't you all about the Locos Taco? Well, that's I was just going to say. I, I've, I've had my fair share of Doritos Locos Tacos and they're, they're fine. But I the 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 Dorito part's not necessarily my favorite. <laughs> so, so never mind. <laughs> what, what else so is there only... in a Taco Bell taco, you ask? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not really sure. Is, is it the vaguely ground beef? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It could be uh, possible that Taco Bell is the first vegan restaurant because that's probably not actual meat. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I would put regular Doritos at the bottom. And then for consistency's sake, I would say the Cool Ranch Doritos would probably come next. I would then probably put the plain lays just because they're just you know they're fine but they're just there's just not much to them then i would probably put cheetos and then fritos and then the barbecue lays at the top i like myself a good barbecue chip okay i appreciate you and uh, participating in the experiment <laughs> most of those answers were wrong but it's okay <laughs> Um, so the, so the, the answer to this question is, cause there's only one right answer. Um, unless your parents bribed the admissions director, uh, <laughs> oh, right. too soon, too soon. Uh, I really like that the Mercury news posted a thing. Here's everybody in the Bay area that's involved in this. Here's why they're shitty. It's pretty good. Um, so yeah, so, uh, on the top regular plain lays, uh, nacho Doritos, Fritos, barbecue lays, cool ranch Doritos, and then Cheetos, regular Cheetos are extremely, extremely gross and um, shouldn't be involved in anything. So they are on the very bottom. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have these rankings changed as an adult? Like if it would, would 12 year old Carlos rank these differently? Probably. But I mean, but the thing is, so, and here's the thing. I don't know because potato chips are like snack chips. Whatever the catch-all category for this type of thing is, um, it's like soda, where they're all owned by like like Pepsi owns like everything. Um, so like there's two there's two main brands. There's Pepsi and Coca Cola, and they all own like 16 different sub brands. So I forget who owns Sun Chips, because if there were Sun Chips in here, that would make it very 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 different. And those commonly come in a Costco variety pack. But yeah, I think as I've gotten older, there's a lot of stuff that I like. Um, and, and tastes have changed. Like, I mean, there are many, many things that I would never have touched as an, as a, um, as adult me versus kid me. I mean, hell, the five years ago, I would never, I would never have touched red wine and that's, that's changed. Eventually you just lose your taste buds and then everything tastes. <laughs> Cause I, I, I know I, the reason I ask that is because I, part of the challenge ranking these for me is, I mean, never say never, but I just don't really ever envision myself sitting down and just eating either Doritos or Cheetos. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's true just because as you get older, I, well, I mean, like uh, snack foods are much more deliberate. And also, like if you're going to like a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's, like Trader Joe's has all their own um, off-brand stuff. And we'll, and we'll get to that later in the show. Or like a Whole Foods, like you have like your, um, what is it called? The kettle chips? Yes. Like th those are very good, and like, and you you get into the specialty brands and stuff like that, where you're generally not going to encounter like th this. This harkens back to a here's what's in your fifth grade lunchbox because uh, the parents don't want to spring the dollar seventy five to get you the pizza and the cardboard thing. <laughs> I've I've sort of entered the like if I'm going to go the junk food route now, I've kind of entered the entire pint of Hagen Dazs. Uh, yeah, we've talked about se that segment of my life. Yeah, and how you're not a very large person? How do you how do you eat an entire one? Well, I you know I I don't do that very often. Can I ask is is it a um a conscious uh, eating endeavor or is it one of those things where you look down and it's four fifths <laughs> gone and you're like oh shit? 
Yeah, very, very much the latter. It's, yeah. you know, well, I've eaten a quarter of this thing now, so yeah, I'll stop at half maybe. And then, yeah, you're a little past half and then, you know, you may as well just go for it at that point. Mm-hmm. But no, that that's, um, I've, actually, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately because I've definitely noticed I'm at a point now where if I eat poorly, particularly if I string a couple of meals or like even a couple of days together where I'm consistently eating poorly. I just, I really don't feel very well. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I really, I, I, I need to, I like, I'm not saying I've actually done it yet, but I, I'm, I'm becoming aware that I should be eating a little healthier and that there are some pretty significant benefits to doing so. Yeah, maybe. Um, Let's take this in a weird turn, and this maybe pulls forward a pick of the week. Have you ever considered fasting? Uh, no. Hmm. It's really that that's a very hip thing in, in the in the T word Bay Area circles. And there's an app we'll talk about later. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't. I don't. I don't mean like. I don't mean like going five days without food, but like meaning uh, like maybe you like you only eat dinner or something like that. Is your chef special fasting? Is that what we're gonna do here? No, no, kind of, okay. but no. We're gonna we're gonna talk about two apps, and they're both very very experimental. An app that enables fasting. Mm-hmm. I'm very mm, interested in what their business okay. model is. We'll, we'll 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 get there. It's not selling food. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's no. like the the one meal the one meal a day you, Maybe you eat get, will be yeah. sponsored by Blue Apron. <laughs> Are they still in business? I I, I think so. Yeah, because Munchery is out of business. Yeah the the the. Uh, there's a there's a catchy phrase for these. What is it? The meal meal delivery service or recipe delivery service? One of those two, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, they're called recipe kits. Recipe kits. But the difference is that Munchery was a you just heat it up, mm, like right. it was already pre cooked. Whereas Blue Apron and um, Hello Chef, Fresh Chef, Hello chef's feet. Fresh. What's what's? Did, did you say Chef's feet? No, Chef's feed. And Chef's mm. Feed is a thing. What is that? You think chefsfeet.com? You think that's taken? No, please. Should we, should no, we no, jump don't, on that? No, don't ever type the word feet into Google, please. <laughs> is well, that, is that based on personal experience? or No. Well, okay. Wow, this could be a bad episode. Have you ever... Um, oh, they, maybe Google has fixed this. If you ever type a celebrity's name in, uh, into Google... It gives you the auto suggestions, uh-huh. and it's always either like so. I just typed in Taylor Swift. It's either like opposite sex, like either boyfriend or girlfriend or husband, net worth, height, like all that kind of stuff. And for years, there were always creepy people that were making that word be one of the suggestions. We're making feet. It's very problematic. It's very gross, and also, ugh. Hmm. yeah, the internet is gross and and weird. And who the hell's Taylor Swift and Joe? Who's Joe Alwyn? I don't know. Oh, apparently he's going to propose to her. Did you know Taylor Swift's 30? <laughs> Finally, she's one of us. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if that makes me feel better or not. Oh, you you well, you because you don't uh cuz you don't have the ability to make Eddie Q bend to your will when he's trying to Right. Do you remember the whole thoughts on music thing? Or I don't know if she actually called it that, but that was a fu- that was that was a more innocent time. God, how long ago was that? It was like three years back when it, uh, well, it was right after the Eddie Q and his cuffs and the Drake talking <laughs> on stage for 10 minutes 
and then Jimmy Iovine uh, to us saying women can only write bit of breakup playlists. Twenty fifteen, <laughs> Apple had a really dumb year. <laughs> like I, I, I contend that Apple Music is a bad product overall, but so much about that product was very problematic. Yeah, yeah. Just wait till they get into video. I appreciate the segue, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so uh, the the chip choice is meh. Um, yeah, whatever. Fun experiment. Uh, do you want to jump into a little stellar sparkling real quick before getting to follow Ooh, it up and out? Yeah. So I'm going to lead off with you because mm. you, I, I want your uh, your review because I saw that you obtained some Spindrift. Yes. Hard to find, by the way. Hmm. Well, where'd, where'd you go that it wasn't? I've uh, been to a couple of different targets and one, so by both locations carried, I would say probably four or five flavors. Like they, they had space on the shelf for four or five flavors. Mm-hmm. The first location only had two lemon and is it, is it boysenberry or blackberry? Oh, hey, boysenberry sounds like an Ikea thing. <laughs> Uh, um, I, it's probably raspberry or something like that. No, it's not raspberry. Let's see. I assume you did not try the wonderful tea flavor. Ugh, no. It's so good. Um, and then the second location I went to only had lemon. So I've, I've tried the lemon flavor and the berry flavor, which I'm hoping you're looking up the name of. No, there's either blackberry Oh god, it's, blackberry! I haven't heard of that. I haven't thought of that in years. Um, and then raspberry lime, and then cranberry raspberry. It's a blackberry is is what I have. That's quite a pivot from smartphones. <laughs> um, and they're they're good. I I I don't know if I love them or not. I feel like the flavor in them is like not evenly distributed. It's not. You have to not shake it, but um, I would uh twist it around a couple times because there is actual fruit juice in it so i think yeah i should have i should have prefaced that well so that makes a lot of sense though too because where i have really preferred it is mixed with some gin both Mm -hmm. of the both of those flavors um are excellent but as part of that process i've obviously mixed you mix them so Yeah. yeah that must distribute the flavor a little bit more but yeah you do um you do two parts uh, gin to one part lemon juice and one part simple syrup and then you give that a good shake pour that over ice and then top that with either the the lemon or the blackberry spindrift and that's a, a very refreshing drink do you make your own simple syrup or do you just buy the store-bought stuff uh it's funny you ask we historically have just bought the store-bought stuff but the the lady friend just bought a couple of those little bottles that you can store your own simple syrup in and then mm-hmm. you know uh, pour them into your drink. Yeah, and so we're we're planning on getting into to making some of our own simple syrup, Ooh. mostly just because I want to try some like different flavors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you tried it. It's 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 um now that Lacroix is is oh we got to talk about that too is past its prime and uh, the CEO says uh, their poor sales are unjust or are an injustice. Um, yeah, I think this is Spindrift's time, even though they are definitely um iPhone 10s style pricing because it, it's six bucks for an eight pack a little pricey hmm. Hmm. that is pricey yeah um so yeah spin, spin drift it, not not my favorite but um but not bad 
So what what is the current leading favorite? Because I saw you also tried. Um, I thought I could have sworn Arrowhead was only a Southern California water brand. Um, yeah, so I'm actually so I'm I'm, I'm currently holding and uh, drinking a pomegranate lemonade uh, Arrowhead sparkling water. Hmm. Um, so and I've tried the lime flavor as well, and they're they're fine. Um, a little bit artificial tasting, which is yeah. you know like. LaCroix, I find to be, it depends on the flavor, I guess, but some of the flavors actually taste very like natural, like kind of in, kind of like in, in the middle between something like this Arrowhead water and a Spindrift, which is like legitimately like real fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this, this Arrowhead water goes more in the, um, what, what's the, what's, what's that other one called? Like sparkling ice or something. Uh, yeah, sparkling ice is gross, though. But but I, I would I would compare the Arrowhead one to uh, the Safeway House brand Refreshy or Refresh with an accent mark. Um, and well, the Walgreens flavor too. Oh, I'm sure it's probably not called Nice because that's only for packaged goods. It's yeah, it's not called uh, Nice. Mm-hmm. I think you owe Merlin a royalty every time you do that. <laughs> probably. Um. Yeah. Okay. And then the last bit of this is that um, uh, breaking news. Trader Joe's has knockoff Spindrift. Oh, so let me find. I, I have a picture of it, but I can't. I can't be bothered to go find that. Or my my, my iFCloud photo library is a mess. Um, but I just googled it. So yeah, so I've tried two of these flavors, and I tried the uh, blood orange and orange juice, which seems kind of redundant. <laughs> and i also tried the lemon and ginger Ooh, juice i was hoping you were going to say that because that that stands out to me as being interesting so and this is probably emerging topics but so the blood orange and orange juice meh like not undrinkable but not very good so i would not buy it again the lemon and ginger juice one very very strong ginger flavor so also kind of a no-go and this mm. is coming from somebody who has um experimented recently with making a moscow mule which involves ginger beer which somehow has a more muted flavor than uh the lemon and ginger uh trader joe's seltzer water well if you if you get more into moscow mules or anything involving ginger beer you'll find that the the spectrum of ginger beer yeah is dramatic yeah Trader Joe's, again, uh, unofficial sponsor of the show, mm-hmm. has two different ones. And I've tried both of them. And yeah, one of them definitely is more ginger heavy. But I think um, the alcohol makes it uh, less apparent. Whereas the other one, like that sparkling water really smells and tastes really strongly of ginger. Hmm. Yeah. So did you try the blood orange and orange juice in a mimosa form? No. No, I just tried it both straight, or I mean, it just as water, as, as a, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you call it? As a non-alcoholic beverage. I mean, just because, yeah, that's, that's what it's mainly for. Because, um, yeah, I don't I don't often do the mixed drinks just um, with this type of thing, just because most mixed drinks require simple syrup, which is basically just a very concentrated sugar, and I'm trying to not have that much sugar in my life. Right. So, yeah, anyway, so that, that, was, that was a failed experiment, sticking to the Spindrift. Um, but I find it interesting that Trader Joe's felt the need to knock off that product, which makes me think Spindrift is uh, around for the long haul. Yeah, we, when we were in Trader Joe's the last week or the weekend before, found, um, so we have one of those uh, Nespresso, um, espresso makers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. And the little pods for them are actually surprisingly difficult to find. Um, the, the, the whole thing's a little pretentious where like, they want you to like go into their own, like little Nespresso store. And they, they, I think have, they like, have they, like some weird Sir Latav, they, like they do. They gross. do. Yeah. It's too high end. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of rubs you the wrong way sometimes, but <laughs> Trader Joe's actually sells the little espresso capsules and it's it's really funny because on the packaging, like in these big bold letters, it's like not in any way affiliated with Nespresso. But hey, it works in their machines, and they're 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 pretty good. Nespresso has no no coffee DRM. No, 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 no. Um, you can't just shove like you can't just uh like smash in a K cup. I saw. I, speaking of K cups, I saw something really. It's not going to tr- be any technology talk this week. No, 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 no. We don't really. We don't do that here on Technically Correct. Um, it. So I was in a Walgreens, as I often am, and I noticed in the like the um, cold and medicine aisle that hmm. they have these like. No. They're like medicated K-cups. So they're like, they're K-cups and they're filled with... Um, Is it like emergency or something in K-cup form? Or like Theraflu? Like a thera- more like a Theraflu, yeah. Um, and Because it's, and so, it's meant to be drinking hot. And so, you know. But I just, I don't know. It just feels like if you if you use that, you've, you've kind of infected the machine now. Even though, like, not with cold germs, but with just like, I don't know. Seems like you'd want to you'd want to rinse that out a couple times before you. I don't you think then... that's how it works. Like, isn't, I, isn't I know, the thing I know with... it's not, but it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're like fucking like six weeks away from there being like CBD oil K cups, and this is that, that 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 must exist somewhere. Probably, I'm ugh, drugs. Although on a, on a podcast I was listening to that I did that I it's it's an acquired taste for this this one the show, but somebody made a joke about um four twenty. And then the the person who hosts the show is a little bit of a square, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I celebrate three twenty, which is ibuprofen." That's <laughs> I found that very amusing and very on brand. It's funnier when they say it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's it for social. Media. Okay, let's let's do. Oh well, so this will go into follow up, sort of, but um, this transitions uh, us into what we talked about last week, I think, which was nutrition and energy bars. So hopefully, you can dig up. The thing that I put in the, the notes. The tweet? Yeah, I've, I've got it got it open here, and it's now in the notes. Oh, can you put it in, in your DM channel? Oh, in the in the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put it I put it in the other thing. The, the link the, thing. That's how Slack advertises to enterprise customers. They just call it the thing. I mean, it's be better branding than their new logo, for being honest. <laughs> they, call that, they call that throwing shade, Carlos. Yeah. Again, the the fact that they they changed the mobile icon to white totally undermines everything they said in the past. So that's that's yeah. That's I don't know which one I hate worse, the white one or the purple one. Like I I, I appreciate like I appreciate them leaning super hard into like the aubergine color, but the white one again, yeah. Like I I think I was the one that brought it up to you, where it's just it now looks like Google Photos. It looks like the Airtable icon. It looks like the regular Apple Photos icon. It looks like fucking everything. Because every company, including Kind, now has to have the same fudging four primary colors as their logo the kind logo and slack are basically the same thing hmm yeah you're not you're not wrong turns out uh kind is just looking to get acquired or whatever the term was so um so cliff bar uh which which i i'm very disappointed about this because they are uh an emeryville um 
uh, based company. So oh, really? But the East Bay Pride here is not very strong after the after the shit that they pulled. So they did a thing where they put a because this is what everybody does. They they put out a full page ad in either the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, and they says an open invitation from Kind Bar, a two Kind Bar from Cliff Bar. And Cliff is like, oh, like, oh yeah, we since a, a half de- like a decade and a half ago, we've been using all organic stuff, and and we think it's uh, about time for you to join up in the organic party. And bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. So it, and then they're like, oh yeah, we'll give you like ten tons of organic material uh, to start making in your bars. Do you want to join the organic movement? Which is whatever. Like, I mean, like if you want to do some dumb PR stunt, that's fine. But uh, kind. Uh, uh, I think young people call it clapping back, uh, did that very, very quickly. And then uh, when Cliff Barr put that on Twitter about their dumb open invitation, uh, Kind very, very accurately pointed out that in their nutritional facts and ingredients, uh, something that they call brown rice syrup, which is basically sugar, um, is a very, very high concentrated ingredient in that 31% of most Cliff Bars are pure sugar. And they think uh, that people should know that, whether it's organic or not. So in a world of really dumb uh, Twitter drama and Nazis and hate and just everything being bad about that website, this is this is the kind of Twitter drama that I am here for. <laughs> You're into uh, snack bar Twitter. You know, some people are into NBA Twitter. You're into snack bar Twitter. I'm into corporate PR spats. <laughs> I, I love design. I love corporate branding. And I love when companies fight. Because <laughs> the customer always wins. Um. Yeah, the, the this is so uh, dumb. The yeah, but uh, I, I it is dumb. But there is something here with like. Well, I mean, I don't want to rehash what we've already talked about, but deceptive marketing around food products has become quite problematic. Yeah, like I I, I know they can't really advertise that these are adult candy bars. Um, but I mean, like at least kind is fairly open about what's in their stuff and you can actually generally on the product see what it looks like versus a cliff bar that just looks like again we talked about last week earthquake food um <laughs> except for the cliff whey protein bars which but maybe i don't know maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna pull a berkeley and just <laughs> uh, pretend to protest and in a boycott will do anything but um yeah this is a dumb but also great oh what what else is on the show <laughs> Well, so the other two big pieces of follow-up I have are a little more meaty, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Not, and it's not, not of the full organic variety or anything. Um, there's the Apple video service and uh, what I'm calling Fallout from last week's Tesla news. Oh, let, let's talk about Tesla first. Okay. Because, and I apologize that I'm monopolizing the start of the show, but... I was going to say before, because I had it in my notes, before Elon, or sorry, Mr. Musk's uh, late, uh, late Sunday night, a little reversal, because he woke up from, and then just started, started getting on the corporate blog. I was going to be like, I have a solution to Tesla's um, store closings and the fact that people still probably want test drives. Because Tesla was all about like, oh yeah, you're going to be able to summon your car from everywhere, anywhere, and it's going to you can buy a Tesla, and we're going to have this Uber alternative that's going to make you money while you're at work, and a whole bunch of dumb stuff that never materialized and never will. Because, um, and we probably won't talk about it, but you can put a link into our the Ars Technica thing that I put in in Slack, where they have so so watered down their like self driving page 
to underpromise a bunch and backtrack on so much of the stuff that they previously talked about. It's, it's very good. But what I was going to say is, why can't Tesla kind of pull a Zipcar and then just say like, hey, you want to test drive a Tesla? Like, give us your credit card info. We'll put uh, like a $5,000 temporary charge on it. And you can just drive around in this car for a day. And that's it. Problem solved. Hmm. Like, like uh, their cars are already connected to, to LTE. Tesla pushes out new software every eight minutes to these cars. Like, wh- why not? Like that, that's like, that solves so much of the test drive issue, which was my main case for why the stores should remain open. But again, this doesn't matter anymore because of the whole reversal, but I think it's a great idea. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, or they can, uh, Tesla could seed a bunch of, uh, like model threes into Zipcar or, um, what's the, what's the other one in the Bay area called? There's another Zipcar clone. that's not Uber. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, gig car share. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but, uh, on Sunday night, uh, uh, Elon Musk <laughs> posted on the company blog that, oh yeah, actually. And, and the phrasing is so weird. Um, store update. So o- over the past two weeks, we have been closely evaluating every single Tesla retail location, and we have decided to keep significantly more stores open than previously announced as we continue to evaluate them over the course of several months. Can I stop then, you there? Yes. So y- you didn't do that before? Th- this is, um, well, so, th- so this is actually, um, well, so it- it's, it's, shocking in its lack of foresight and planning Mm -hmm. but it's consistent with how this whole process has gone because if you'll remember when they first announced this news uh, around closing stores and going online only you know they, they had this um phone call with the media and investors that afternoon and you know people started asking well you know how many employees are impacted and which specific stores are impacted and you know they just they they, they said you know we're gonna we're gonna be thinking about that over the course of the next few weeks which is like what the fuck which is yeah crazy it, because there, there's no adult in charge because like i understand that they they in order to reach profitability and ship as many cars as they want and reach the the market promises they made for this $35,000 car and all that kind of stuff they need to cut out costs but like how like closing hundreds of thing of of retail locations and firing this many people like that's not a like oh like you it's, like it's just not off like the whim of a single person, which is probably what this was. It was probably just Elon Musk saying, "Well, fuck it, let's close the stores. That'll make the car cheaper." Even even within this single blog post, so the last paragraph starts with, "To be clear, all and I'm emphasizing all there because that's what it says. Sales worldwide will be will still be done online." And then, literally two sentences later in that same paragraph. They say stores will also carry a small number of cars in inventory for customers who wish to drive away with a Tesla immediately. Those two sentences cannot be true. Well, they, they can, but the, like, because it's going to be some dumb thing where I don't know if you've ever gone to one of those dumb showroomy stores, like, or like, like I think Warby Parker stores also used to be kind of like this, where somebody there will just help you place an order on the internet. And I assume they'd be like, oh, well, your fulfillment location is fucking right behind the store. <laughs> like, this is so dumb. And uh, but again, like this is just like this is uh, uh, such a serious business decision and such a fundamental change to your business model, and to make it look like you didn't fucking even consider it, 
at all of what you were doing. And because like the stock got hammered after they announced the the store closing originally, because there's like either that signals you have very, very little confidence in your business that you're having to work so hard to uh, eliminate costs where you're going to just abandon a gigantic amount of your customer facing operations and, and just in uh, switching it immediately and being like, oh, okay, well, actually, you know what? Now it's only going to be half the price savings we thought it was because we have to employ all these humans. Um, because like it, it's like you can just read the, uh, uh, like the unhappiness, like this reads like the, the antenna gate thing of fine. We'll give everybody a case type thing. Like it just, it's so dumb. Well, and then you also have to view this in the context of everything else that's happening simultaneous to this around. So they're in this blog post, they're now talking about how they're going to raise the price of cars across the board <laughs> 3%, which you know are prices that they just cut. By 6%-ish. Uh, right. So they're rolling back some of those price cuts. And then we didn't really get into it a ton of, in a ton of detail last week, but... Um, They've been consistently and constantly shuffling around which features are included in the autopilot package versus in, I'm using air quotes here, the full self-driving package. And they changed the pricing around on those so that it ended up being like someone like me could actually upgrade to the full self-driving package for cheaper than if I would have done so at the time I bought the car, which obviously upset a lot of people who did make that initial purchase. They've they're also backtracking on that now, so those prices are going to go back to where they originally were. Like like you phrased it well, these are like fundamental parts of their business. This is not like this is not Google's other bets where they can just sort of experiment with stuff as they go along. Like this is Tesla's core business, and it it just kind of feels like there is just zero. <laughs> There's thought. zero adults in the room, right? Like again, like this is what this is the I put a link to the article that I was talking about before, but like yeah, the, so much of because I don't remember with your Model Three, did you choose to prepay for the autopilot? Well, so I have a, a, a version of autopilot that they're not even selling anymore. So I have enhanced autopilot. So my understanding is that my version of autopilot has some features like navigate on autopilot, which is the more advanced highway driving. Uh, technology that they have now that that now is part of the full self-driving package and so i my understanding now is that autopilot which has just been rebranded as autopilot and not enhanced autopilot now only includes the you know adaptive cruise control and lane centering but i mean ask me again tomorrow and the answer is probably going to be different this is like the partial government shutdown all over again and then also in the midst of all this too, you know, so we're recording on March thirteenth. Oh yeah, we we have to start doing the thing where five thirty eight, like where they have to specify when they're recording this <laughs> because it's all going to be out of date in in six hours because some some other dumb thing's going to happen. Right. Well, and then, but I was going to say that you know they're announcing the Model Y tomorrow. Are they? And, yeah. What and what is that allegedly? That's like their what, what type that's of their car crossover. That's their, that's their crossover. Got so it. it's going to be, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mister Musk has been uh, kind of slowly trickling out some additional details over the last week since they announced the date that it was going to be revealed. Uh, it's going to be about 10% bigger than the Model 3. It, it's it's going to be what the Model X is to the Model S. It's going to be what? that too. Like, you know, the Model X is basically just like a taller version of the Model S. 
Yeah. Like the, 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 the model Y is going to bigger. Like only ten percent bigger? Is that the question? Yeah. That that's my question too. That's why I mean, because that that, that seems about. like a, a distinction without a difference, or whatever the phrase the phrase is. Right. Um, and it's allegedly only going to be about ten percent more expensive. So so we'll see. Yeah, for a company that allegedly can't keep the lights, that seems like not important right now. Like I know Americans love crossovers. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I have I have a couple friends who um, kind of were on the the Model Three bandwagon, but then kind of decided to hang tight and wait for what the Model Y looked like, and they're they're pretty excited to see that. Yeah, but but again, if it's only ten percent bigger, that seems like yeah. Well, and the, and the, like, do they mean by the, volume? I I think so. Yeah, because like it um, has to be taller. But then, like this, the sneaky part about all this though is that. You know, like by the time the Model Y ships, which I think is supposed to be like sometime next year, you know, the the federal tax credit is going to be gone. Um, like here in California, the California program is the demand for that's been really high. So who knows if there's going to be any budget for that come next year? Um, it, it's the, the 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 true price of these cars is is going to continue to to kind of go up. We were kind of in that brief period, mostly through tax incentives, where the price of these cars was i think quite a bit cheaper than what they're going to end up being plus you just never know when tesla's going to <laughs> change pricing around so yeah okay that's um, i hope it's cool it's kind of the, i guess the the last the last little thing about the model y which um i'm interested in as are a lot of people is you know they've put out a teaser image of it and the thing that stands out is it doesn't have any uh side view mirrors which is similar to um there's an audi uh, e-tron that's like that um, oh because it's all cameras and it's a screen yeah, on the inside right but the complication is that that's not allowed in the united states <laughs> so unless the law changes I, i'm not really sure what that means for the the model y unless the picture is just um deceiving and the mirrors fold in really tight or something but the teaser image they've put out make it seem like it doesn't have any yeah, it might be because like the e-tron actually, it just has things that stick out with cameras, but fold in when the car's powered off. So maybe it's like that. Yeah, but the my understanding is what Audi's doing, they can't sell in the U.S. Hmm. Hmm. And so if Tesla's like that too, then they're they're going to run into the same problem unless unless they've got some some kind of scoop that that's going to be changing or they're going to be working to change that. Audi is collaborating with Amazon to make your home charging station easy as possible. What? Does Amazon literally do everything? What is this? Home is made for recharging. Huh. Why does Amazon do... Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's not like the... Uh, I always like when EVs put the charge time for... If you just use a standard uh, 120 outlet. Yeah. 80 hours <laughs> to charge uh, an e-tron. Did you say you were trying to charge your Model Three at your grandmother's house, and it was like gain, gaining three miles of range an hour or something? Yeah, I, um, you know, we stayed with her for a couple of days, and I, I didn't, um, I didn't need to charge my car. I, um, it was just for fun. I mostly did it just because you know we were there, and I wanted to do it for fun because I had actually also never used my um, mobile charging kit, which comes with the car. So I, I kind of wanted just to try that out. Um, it's actually, it's really cute. It's like a little mini version of, uh, the charger I have here at home, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I know it was charging like between one and three miles of range per hour. 
Okay, so that's Tesla. Okay, so now to God. So let's 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 zip through this really fast because this is the worst. So Apple's video service, they've confirmed that they are going to have an event on March 25th. They have sent out invites uh, called It's Showtime, which um, is a tagline that they have previously used um, to announce something else. I think the last one was when they were announcing like an iMac that supported burning DVDs or something. Um, and we could probably assume that it does not mean that they are going to buy the Lakers. It is probably that they are going to announce their subscription news service and their subscription video service uh, because if it doesn't have subscription in the name, Apple don't care. Um, and you are right. Uh, I think I, on a, an episode a week or two ago, said that I thought that they would not stream this event. It sounds like they are. Um, so plus one for you. Um, I, I forget. What, what was your reasoning for thinking that they weren't going to stream it? That it was just a really minor event. And I thought that like, there's just like, since it sounded like it was going to be maybe like a 70 30 split in favor of news which is actually probably the shipping product that like there's very little in there that like is that interesting to watch be announced for consumers because apple news sounds much more like a money grab than apple video like i, I don't dispute that it has some value but like I, it feels like just watch like somebody saying I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna take the morning off work and I'm gonna watch this Apple announcement of how they can get more they can generate more subscription revenue I like I feel like I felt like that was not a good consumer facing thing and so we we don't need to rehash we <laughs> everything no, we've talked no. about eighteen times but the the one thing I do want to touch on is this Bloomberg article that came out today discussing how apple's kind of frantically trying to wrap up deals with hbo showtime stars and others to have their so, so all the stuff that people want to watch mm -hmm. uh-huh to have their services within the um i guess within the tv app basically as like a amazon channels type thing um which there's a couple thoughts i have on that one is it just this seems to kind of muddy exactly what they're doing here because presumably if they were to sign like an HBO, I don't think there's going to be like a single fee you pay where you're going to get both HBO and Amazon or and uh, Apple's original content. Um, that wasn't a that wasn't a Freudian slip, I promise. I assume it'd be no different than subscribing to HBO now through through iTunes. It just appears in a different place. So then that brings me to kind of my second point here, which is related, which is like, who's that for? And why, like, why is that, why is that interesting in any way? Why, why, why is purchasing HBO through Apple's TV app in any way better than just getting it directly through HBO? Well, as somebody who subscribes to HBO through iTunes for some dumb reason, because I'm too lazy to switch it, I like I already get billed the fifteen dollars a month through iTunes, and like I got really bummed that I know HBO. Or, actually, no, I'm not bummed because it's owned by AT and T now. Um, but it is silly that they are getting dinged at either thirty or fifteen percent. Because what's what's the rate that your subscription thing goes down to after a year? I think it's I think it starts at the seventy thirty split, and then after twelve months, it goes to eighty five fifteen. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I'm currently paying, being billed for it through iTunes, but yeah, just because nobody, like, because App 
Apple is have recently is having a way tougher time of selling like the advantage of being all bought into the to their nonsense. Like where the TV app, like no nobody cares because like it, sure it might be marginally more convenient for the customer, but Apple is so restrictive on everything else that there's just so little upside to doing it. So therefore, like if people if HBO and AT and T are already able to get the subscribers through iTunes if somebody it just wants like a purely over the top experience and doesn't want to k- get kicked out to the browser to sign up and like build through a credit card like I, maybe it's better and easier just because like we found that the future of TV wasn't apps and people like just maybe don't want like 80 different apps for every network they might want to watch on their Apple TV but yeah like I like I I'm I'm I just don't really see what the Apple what the value proposition is for the content providers in this situation. And to a lesser extent, the the value prop for the customers themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird event. Yep. Because again, and we'll we'll stop talking about this now, but like, there's just, there's very little in it for customers or just like for like the end user. It's just like, here's two more things Apple expects you to pay for. Um, and then to round out um, our knockoff version of Upstream, um, this week, uh, Spotify rolled out their partnership um, with Hulu, where if you're a Spotify premium member or whatever their $10 a month thing is called, you now get Hulu for free for some reason. Yeah, I, I saw that. That's strange. Um, and that's... But the the bummer is that you it, you only get the what the equivalent is of like whatever the seven dollar a month Hulu is that's Hulu plus ads, so it's free for me because like I wouldn't have signed up for Hulu anyway, but also I really hate ads, and so I'll probably never use it because you can't like just add on like the ad free thing like as a bolt on to it. You'd have to subscribe to Hulu entirely separately for like whatever fourteen dollars a month that is. So do you, as an existing uh, Spotify subscriber, you get this? Yeah. So that was the one really cool part. Like, yeah, that's the thing where Spotify is very, uh, like they don't, they, whenever they do new things, they generally don't screw over their existing customers. Nope. I said, along in my account and basically you just click that. Yep. I want to opt in just because I assume for accounting and payout reasons, they don't want to like why opt everybody in when you like the vast majority of people probably won't use it. So yeah, you just click that. Yeah. I want to take advantage of this and then that's it. Your monthly doesn't change, and there's like, oh yeah, you you just go create an account with Hulu, and you're done. Huh? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so now, if I ever get like need to get my uh, fixer upper fix, um, I can watch that with probably the same three ads over and over and over again. <laughs> probably eighty percent louder than the actual program because that's how all over the top services work. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Yeah, that's it. Um. What new stuff do you want to talk about? Or actually, old stuff. Um, uh, oh, actually, can we talk about the blue bottle thing and yeah, the related that's, stuff? That's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, yeah, the TiVo. I mean, TiVo's going to be so. I the, 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 the real quick thing about TiVo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, haven't they? Weren't they already bought? Well, they were. They were. TiVo was purchased by a company called Rovi, not Rovio. Those are the people that make Angry Birds. Rovi. Uh, that's like they're not a patent troll, but they're like a patent clearinghouse, and they also like they license stuff to comcast and like the big msos to like for guide data and like yeah, you know, patents and stuff so they're looking to 
like resell TiVo. They're they're doing a thing where like they're they want to operate it as like a separate business, kind of like uh, probably like HP and HPE. Sorry, HP Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Got it. So yeah, so whatever. I mean, uh, TiVo is not long for this world, just because like it, and they just can't be. And that's that's the bummer because like they don't have the money or the subscriber base to really invest in creating a product that gives um, Roku and Fire TV and to a lesser extent Apple TV a run for their money. And with the increase in people cutting the cord and the fact that it's like you get a like the X One box from Comcast is, is not it's not that bad. Like TiVo is way better, but like it's not that bad where TiVo's a hard sell for people. So they're probably not long for this world. So meh. I hope you're wrong. But you're you're but you're probably not. Yeah. Like but but do you use TiVo much? Oh like yeah. if 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 the NBC's because I mean I assume you only use TiVo to watch Better Call Saul and Sharks games. <laughs> That's and accurate. and the and the um the baking uh, championship shows that are on the Food Network. Oh, but you you watch the American ones, not the British ones. Oh no! Oh oh, oh my friend, we we have been binge watching the uh, Great British Baking Show quite extensively on Netflix the last month or so. So I'm gonna send you a thing, which I I haven't been keeping up with it, but I really this this kind of <laughs> week. I um yeah I I haven't gotten to this episode yet either, but um I also saw that on Twitter and thought that that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's half the things I make that didn't come out of a box from Trader Joe's. <laughs> um yeah i don't like these new people or johnny hollywood is the only familiar face there and i don't like that at all johnny hollywood. isn't that his name or am paul, i making that up paul hollywood that's not any less dumb <laughs> um a british eddie q so um yeah so what we're talking about the we were going to transition into uh, the the whole blue bottle thing slash the cashless th- thing. general yeah. thoughts on cashless stores. Yeah, so blue bottle, um, which is now owned by Nestle, I think. Um, really? Pro- yeah. Is, is that why they don't sell my ginger cookie anymore? I Berkeley had it like a month ago. Uh, check again. I the, the location uh, in the uh, ferry building. Um, they they've transitioned to a couple different new cookies, which are f- perfectly fine, but they're they're not the ginger molasses cookie, hmm, not the Mike special. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So they actually let me Google it. Um. Actually, I don't know. Uh, San Francisco Chronicle is right here. Uh, Blue Bottle, which is headquartered in Oakland and majority owned by Swiss food giant Nestle. Hmm. Yeah. So, um. I have thoughts on this. So they uh, were, and I hate the phrase banning cash. Um, yeah, the high-end coffee company will ban, will, uh, will no longer accept cash. I'm going to rewrite this. I'm going to put my editor's hat on. Uh, at 12 locations across the country starting March 11th as part of a month-long experiment that aims to speed up purchases. So this is complicated. Uh, and I want to get your take on this. Um, and I think Sweet Green and a few other places, and, and this has been more of a thing in New York where people have tried this, but uh, just n- no longer accepting cash in favor of, of just either contactless or uh, strictly card payments um, to speed up the line, reduce like cash shortage and and other stuff like that. Because like from like excluding like these articles and other stuff, like I mean, if you just think about it as a business owner, like sure, whatever two point six percent on average processing fee you're paying to either American Express or Visa or whoever. 
like the also the cost of like cash shortages and counting cash and the bank deposits and all the stuff that goes along with handling cash like the processing fee actually isn't really like there is some value in that um so like the whole thing that oh yeah accepting credit is more expensive eh kind of because if you don't have to accept cash that doesn't actually end up being true anymore but also you think about like the social implications of not accepting cash and how that uh potentially disenfranchises some customers and some um uh people like or some like economic backgrounds and stuff like that because like depending on your income status and ethnicity and stuff like that certain parts of uh the population are like considered underbanked and other stuff like that where having a credit card or a debit card is not necessarily a given for certain groups so um they uh related to this not like not in response to blue bottle um some municipalities and cities have uh introduced uh legislation to um uh ban like a ban is actually the right word in this sense uh ban res- uh, restaurants and retailers from not accepting cash so your thoughts <sighs> well so i mean anyone who listens to the show will know that i'm a, a big fan of things like apple pay and i would say just credit cards in general I, I like the whole credit card point system i like the convenience of paying with a credit card particularly with uh, the introduction of apple pay and i you know i, I get sometimes I, I get personally frustrated with places that only accept cash oh um, you betcha um, but 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 I but I I get I get the reasons why that that might be. Um, on the flip side here, where we're talking about not accepting cash, I I really I really don't think that's a good thing in general, and I, I'm not I'm not in favor of businesses doing that. It's outright banning it is. Um, I don't know. It is is somewhat complicated, but um, I mean, I think push came to shove. I would say that I I probably would support something like that, just because. It's, uh, it, you mean cities banning the the right for people to not accept it? Correct. Okay. Um, it mostly because you know, and I I feel like we try to do a, a good job of this here, which is kind of constantly remind ourselves that. You know, we, for many different reasons, where we live, our interests, the opportunities we had growing up, we we sort of live in a, a very, yes, a bubble in a, in a very privileged position. And it's it, it's easy to forget that, you know, for a lot of folks, credit cards and in some cases, even like debit cards are just not something that they have or could have. So restricting folks who don't have access to credit cards and debit cards from being able to purchase goods and services just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem really good for anybody. So I agree. And your take is probably the right take. And I'm going to very cautiously say anything I'm about to say, but I, I think that this is maybe solving the wrong problem. Like in an ideal world, I I would agree. Like I I would wholly support the uh the right for merchants to not accept cash because again, there's a like handling cash is a pain in the ass for for businesses and people. But also, 
like as a society and particularly the government. And, and this is something I will never say this ever again. I agree with Bernie Sanders on like he, I'm pretty sure it was him. He was like, because in some other countries, the post office is also a bank or like handles like the ability to like cash checks and like give like easy access, like debit accounts to people. I don't know what countries do it successfully, but like Bernie Sanders has proposed, um, that they use the post office this way in the United States. One, it'll revitalize the U.S. Postal Service, and it will help serve underserved communities that are often uh, preyed upon by um, unfair, unethical, and uh, extortionary, is that a word? Um, financial uh, companies. Like, you know, the whole, the whole payday lending and all. all like, and have you ever looked at a prepaid debit card? Uh, no. Sorry, that was a very no, abrupt no, transition. Not You mean like, the, the, like, a, like a secured credit card? No, uh, like, so this is, and this is one of the reasons I don't like Susie Orman anymore. There are these things called prepaid debit cards. It's kind of similar to a, like, have you ever been given like a Visa or American Express? um, Sure. Like, like one of those like gift cards as like a contest thing or as a gift. Yeah. Like, so they also make those like as a prepaid debit card where you can kind of like just put your, and this, this is such a weird concept and it's, it's bad but also okay in some ways where you can like just say like i want to direct deposit my uh paycheck onto this prepaid mastercard or whatever which is not necessarily bad because for people who are underbanked um and don't have access to traditional accounts and generally like even like with one of the big banks if like if you don't like direct deposit like at least like three grand a month like bank of america will charge you like 13 dollars a month to access your own money and like there's a whole lot of shit like that which but like yeah you can do that prepaid mastercard thing but then they're like oh yeah it costs a dollar to see how much money you have and it costs you um like three dollars on top of like an atm fee like there's a whole bunch of stuff where the poorest americans just get screwed at every possible turn with any type of financial product that is um aimed at lower income brackets so like like I know cities can't really tackle that problem, but I think, like, I, I just think this particular topic of of stores uh, not wanting to accept cash for various reasons and the responses to it kind of circle around a different problem, which is maybe we should just try to figure out a way to um, uh, help uh, 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 poor Americans quick and fucked. Yeah, I, I think I think I think that's all well said. Um, and I, I totally agree. Um, and the other thing that we'll put in the notes here Darth. is, uh, yeah, is, is Dar's take, <laughs> which, uh, specific to the blue bottle example that we've been talking about here, his response to this, uh, San Francisco Chronicle article, which will also be in the notes is <laughs> the coffee is so slow though. What is the fucking hurry here? <laughs> and <laughs> the part that makes it better is the WAT. Right. Oh, and it's 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 quite true. Have you ever been to the Blue Bottle in Hayes Valley, where it's literally just like half a garage? No, it's a very weird one, and it, yes, it very very much exemplifies that fact of like there's because like there's no like you're just standing out in the cold because there's literally no like waiting area, so it's just like ten people like in yeah cash. I think that's the least um, time impacting thing there. One well, the um, the ferry building one is is weird because there's actually two yeah which is which is and it, it's not like it's not like it's a 
it's a window outside. No, no. Connected to an inside location. It's like 400 feet away. Yeah. It's literally like they have a little area that's meant to be accessible from outside. And then they have a completely different location a little bit down the way inside. It's, it's odd. It's like that 90s joke of the, there's a Starbucks across the street from another Starbucks. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, th- uh, main things. Actually, you know what? I want... What's our time? We're an hour in. Um, I want to shuffle this. I want to hear about your... Um, your weird hacking project. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to pull a Carlos here and, and kind of pull forward my chef special because it's, it's wrapped up in this. Are you, are you using Linux? Uh, well, I'm not talking to you on Linux now. I'm, I'm saying, are you as a human being not u- using Linux in some direct capacity now? Well, I am now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, the, uh, so for a long time, I've been kicking around the idea of experimenting with Homebridge. Because I, you know, I've heard Jason talk about it a couple of times. Um, you know, it hasn't been really high on my priority list because, honestly, ninety nine percent of my smart home stuff is is HomeKit compatible. So the, I, there just isn't really much of a need for HomeBridge. And really, like the main thing that I have that isn't Apple friendly is my Nest stuff. So we've got like the thermostat, a couple of the smoke detectors, and the Nest Hello, which is their video doorbell. And it just, I don't know, there's not really like much in the way of needing those to be connected to HomeKit. I can't really think of any specific uses I would have for them if, if they were connected to HomeKit that I can't do, you know, just, just on their own. But the one exception to this has been, um, you know, we, we bought some nice outdoor lights for our driveway um, when we moved in. and. And you don't mean from Walgreens? <laughs> no, no, not nice with an exclamation mark. Just nice as in, you know, aesthetically they they look pleasing. And you know they're just, they're just regular you know LED lights, and they're they're set up where the LED bulb is actually like just part of the light fixture itself. So it's not you can't just like swap the bulb or anything. Um, and they're you know they're not they're not smart yeah in any way. So I had, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show, but I had bought, um, it's called a SwitchMate. Um, you, I mean, you've seen it when you've been over to the house. It, it's literally just this. Oh, is that the thing that turns off? Like, it's just literally just the thing that presses the button? Yeah. It's, it's literally like this mechanical thing that via magnets just sticks on top of your light switch. And then there's like a little lever on the inside that like physically moves your light switch on and off. Um, and it actually, like, when you look around at reviews and stuff, people are generally pretty negative about it, actually mostly related to the smart home stuff, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, but in practice, it actually works pretty well. Um, and you can put it on uh, a schedule using their uh, app, but um, it's it's funky for a lot of reasons, the primary of which is, like, when you tell it to come on at sunset, um, as you know, the sunset time changes over the course of the year, which, which happens, the, it doesn't update itself. Like it, it just continues to turn itself on at whatever the sunset time was when you first configured it. So it's just not, it's not the most sophisticated, uh, app. And, you know, because it's only Bluetooth, 
it it doesn't connect in any way to like the lady in a can or you know connect to the home kit because obviously that stuff's got to be wi-fi connected um they apparently at one point had some integration with um there's a smart home company wink who sells a hub that actually has bluetooth built into it with the intent being that you could take bluetooth only devices like the switch mate connect it to this hub which is then connected to the internet and then that's how you could then hook it into the lady in a canon home kit but at, at some point that integration stopped working and they stopped supporting it however that's where homebridge fits into this so for those who don't know homebridge is a uh, piece of software that you can run i windows mac linux whatever where um you can basically plug in um a variety of different non home kit devices to it and then through the home bridge i don't know if protocol is not the right word but um i'll just i'll just call it software i guess um it, it allows these non home kit devices to show up in home kit as if they were home kit compatible devices um so for me because i don't have uh, like a Mac mini or like a fancy iMac like you have, which is constantly here at home, you know, that, that wasn't really an option. I sold my windows desktop a while back, so I don't, don't have a windows, uh, desktop. Um, you can apparently run Homebridge on a Synology, which I actually didn't know until I started digging into this a little bit more. Hmm. Uh, but obviously in my particular use case, because I wanted to try to connect Homebridge to this Bluetooth switch, the Synology doesn't have Bluetooth. So that, that wasn't going to work. Um, I'm pretty sure you just buy a little USB because the, the Synology has four USB ports. You can just plug a little Bluetooth USB. So, so that that I, I kind of thought about that too, but then I also thought, God, if I mess up my Synology, I'm going to be really bummed out. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it'll just it reformats all your disks, trying to reset your thermostat. Exactly. So I, I decided that that wasn't worth it. Um, and so I've been kicking around the idea of doing something like a like a Raspberry Pi because there there are pretty clear instructions out there uh, which I'll put in the notes to how to get Homebridge running on a Raspberry Pi. And but I was like, eh, yeah, it's not super high priority, whatever. But then there was a a deal, a wire cutter deal on a, a Raspberry Pi kit, and I thought, yeah, you know, why not? So I, I I took advantage of that. I had a free weekend this this past week, and I thought, you know, okay, this will this is going to be finally the weekend where. I sit down and kind of uh, work through this. And, you know, I'm someone who has never really worked with Linux before. Um, so um, I'm not even going to try to explain all the like technical details behind how you get this to work, because to be honest, I don't understand half of what I did. I just kind of <laughs> followed instructions. How many types, how many times did you type sudo? And many, many times. Um and it, it, there were parts of the instructions where, because so the, the instructions that are out there are they're pretty good for the most part, but they definitely assume a level of knowledge that I just don't have. <laughs> I mean, this is all literally just like stuff on GitHub, which is just not something that I <laughs> regularly use. I think it's everything Linux related requires a level of knowledge nobody actually has. Right. Um, so th there were a handful of commands along the way that didn't work initially, but then I would just add sudo in the beginning and then they, and then they did. 
Um, don't, don't ever do that if it's connected to the internet, but it's okay. Well, you're right, you're right. So I have, um, I have like SSH, SSH turned off on the Raspberry Pi. Like, it, you know, there's, it's not, it's not really connected to the outside world in any way. Um, so, <laughs> um, I don't think I've done too much damage, but, um, you know, it, it was, um, it, it actually it, like it wasn't really a frustrating process just because like I did feel like I was learning a lot even when things weren't working the way that they were supposed to. Um, I ended up having to kind of start over at one point and just reformatted the Raspberry Pi and just you know started it anew. Um, the 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 only part of the process that I'll call out, which is which was just really really funny, was. So I actually, it took me a while to get Homebridge running. So I was finally able to get to that point. And then, you know, home, the way Homebridge works is there's just, there's a bunch of plugins for it, which people have written. So there's one for the Nest, obviously. There's one for basically every major uh, um, smart home product or set of uh, products that don't support HomeKit. And so there's a SwitchMate plugin. And so I install that. Um, that took a little bit of effort too, but I, I got that working. I got it to detect my switch mate. So I'm like, oh man, like I'm like on the home stretch here. This is awesome. This was like after you know a fair number of hours of, of tinkering around just to get to this point. But I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> see what I did there? Light and then, um. mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, but then it, it it's um so you so you you find the switch mate via Bluetooth and you get a, a a unique ID for it which you need for the Homebridge configuration. But then the second thing you need is you need an authorization code which it, it can um, the switch mate can ping back to uh, the Homebridge plugin. And so I was running the command for it to send me the authorization code, and it just it just wasn't working. And so I, you know, did a little bit of Google searching, which I did at many points during this process and found a uh, GitHub post that was like, oh yeah, uh, SwitchMate uh, disabled this functionality in a recent firmware update. So this Homebridge plugin doesn't work anymore. And so at first I was like, well, damn it. But in that same thread, someone replied saying, oh, well, no, 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 no. Here's this process you can follow to downgrade the firmware on your SwitchMate back to a version that does support this. And I, I th honestly, I thought at this point, I'm like, you know what? This is just probably not going to work. This was like a fun effort anyway. I mean, I'll, I'll try this, but I'm going to go into this like not expecting this to work. But sure enough, I followed those instructions, downgraded the firmware uh, on my SwitchMate, um, which, which kind of means at this point I can like never open the SwitchMate app again because like every time I do now, it angrily tells me that my firmware is out of date. Um, but sure enough, once I did that, I, I got the authorization code I needed, um, went through the rest of the process, and now I am able to control that light switch uh, just as if it were like a, a hue light or any other uh, smart bulb um, on my uh, on my home kit setup. Do you ever think about what it would be like if a normal person listened to this show? <laughs> Frequently, yeah. They wouldn't enjoy it very much, I don't think. Because that last sentence, I think, really sums it up. Yeah. Um, um, light switches. Yeah, that's... Hmm. So I'm sorry, rem remind me, I, I might have gotten lost in the story. What? 
so what is the what can you now do with HomeKit about your Nest products? Like what what was the added functionality? Is like you can just ask Siri to set a temperature or Exactly. So and but I haven't done that and I really don't have any desire to honestly because I already have the thermostat connected to the lady in a can. So if we ever want to set the temperature via voice, we can already do that. Um, I think the Nest app is is pretty good, so I don't mind using that for um, like the smart doorbell stuff, and then like the smoke detectors. I mean, I don't really interact with those much, so having them in HomeKit wouldn't really do anything. So they're just, they're just I just don't really have a strong desire to um, plug in the Nest stuff, but I, I theoretically could now that I have a, a Homebridge server in the house. So this was all for the funky switches. Yeah, it, it was it was it was for the funky switch, and I had also just been sort of curious to play around with a Raspberry Pi for a long time. Um, How much are they? So the the kit that I got. So here's the thing. So the unit itself, the Raspberry Pi itself, is I think thirty or thirty five dollars. But you also need a power adapter, which you know usually the board itself doesn't come with. Um, you typically want to put it inside of a little case. I mean, you, you could theoretically just leave the board on your desk, I guess, but it's kind of great for like static and stuff. Yeah. Kind of best to have it in a case. And then you also need an SD card. So I, I had, I bought a little kit, um, for $60 that came with all that stuff. And it was kind of nice too, because, um, the, like the SD card came set up with there's like a um a kind of almost like a i don't know like a dos kind of equivalent or something where it, it's kind of like it's a base level of software that you can then use to install a full operating system um is that a bios i, I guess so yeah um it, bios is probably yeah the better way to describe it so that, that that came like ready to go where i could just pop the sd card in and then i could select you know, the version of the OS that I wanted to install and then just did that. And the case that it, that it came with was, is really nice and, and that whole thing. So, so yeah, that my, my pick is the, uh, the, the little raspberry Pi kit that I bought. It's, it was, um, it's pretty amazing that it's, it's like a full, you know, functional computer and the, you know, the, the Raspbian OS that's on, it's got, like a full version of chromium so it's got you know a full web browser it's got a full file explorer it's got a text editor it's it's pretty cool are you using vi or emacs i don't know what what that means well i was gonna make fun of you for all those uh linuxy terms but yeah <laughs> no but never mind well now what what text editor are you using on on linux I, I mean, I think the the one that it comes with is just called text editor. So I don't know what it I don't know what it actually is. It might just be a a Raspbian specific one. Okay. Well, it's a learning experiment, or uh, that that that's that's a cool. It project. was it was how, how many how many hours all in? It was probably because I kind of had to start and go throughout the day because you know I had other adult stuff to do. <laughs> Uh, and that's, that's actually why I had to reformat and start over again at one point. Cause I kind of forgot <laughs> where I had left off. Um, I, I would say it was probably like five or six hours all in. And I haven't, um, I haven't really done a project like that in a long time. 
So that was that was part of the appeal of this too. Like honestly, like the the net benefit to having this light in HomeKit, like it now smartly turns on based on like the true sunset time, which is nice. And then, um, you know, the 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 way the lights are is they're we can they shine into the house like if we leave them on all night. So we we do turn them off like when we go to bed, and the way that I was doing that before was I was just having them turn off at a, at a set time each night. But like, there'd be certain nights where like, if we were getting home later, they would be off already, but I would prefer them to be on when we got, when we got home. So like now I, I, I can just leave them on and then I've included them in, I've, I've got like a good night shortcut that I use that, which like turns off all the lights and stuff in the house. And so now it's just, it's part of that. Which is like it's super super minor stuff. So I, it's nice to have that now. But I was in it more for the the project aspect of it. I get it. That's that's really cool. And I like I really want to think of other things that I can like use this Raspberry Pi for now too. So how do you access it? Like, are you using VNC from one of your Macs, or how? Or do you have like a monitor hooked up to it? So when I was doing the Homebridge stuff, I just had it hooked up to a monitor. It's got a full HDMI port on it. Um, and the, the Raspbian OS has got a full, you know, UI. So, um, and then it has a terminal application so that that's what I was using, um, as I was setting all this up. Um, I know for sure that you can use terminal on the Mac and just, uh, SSH into it, um, and run, you know, commands that way. Um, I presume there's probably some kind of like screen sharing application I could run too, but I, I haven't haven't experimented with that. Does Homebridge have any um, user interface, or is it all is it all is it strictly a CLI app? It's it's strictly I don't know what CLI means, but it's strictly <laughs> it's a, like a command line interface. Yeah, it, it's strictly yeah, just command line stuff, and it's it's funny because. Um, <laughs> so when you install it, you know, like, you know, you run it in a, like a terminal window, but then like when you close the terminal window, it, it kills Homebridge. And, and obviously like you need Homebridge to, to be continuously running. And then you also want Homebridge to, in the event of like a power outage or something and the Raspberry Pi reboots, like you want Homebridge to like automatically come back on and, you know, in Linux, there's not some neat way to um, just tell an application to like start when the computer starts. So that was like the last, well, at least not for me. Um, so like the last hour of the project was kind of a secondary set of steps to have Homebridge automatically um, enable itself upon startup and, and keep itself running. Neat. Yeah, it was it, it was fun. Um I'm glad it all worked. I, I probably wouldn't be quite as positive if um I spent those six hours and then it just ended up not working. <laughs> but I feel, can, I feel can, can I ask would you have brought it up if you had entirely failed? Oh yeah, I would have. Oh yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um well then I guess the, the funniest little part about this, which I I've I've left out, is um I so I read coming into this that the the Bluetooth connection that the the little Bluetooth chip that's built into the Raspberry Pi is not the most reliable in terms of communicating with the smart those or the switch mate. 
um, and people recommended that you get like a third party Bluetooth dongle to plug into it. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Um, so <laughs> I, in my experience, it was very true where it seemed like half the time, um, I would try to connect to this, the switch made it would, it would work. And then the other half, it wouldn't, um, like to the point where like sometimes I could have the switch mate like right next to um, the Raspberry Pi and it wouldn't work. But then I could like put the Raspberry Pi in a different room and it would work. Like it was just, it was very, very temperamental. Um, so I was going to put the Raspberry Pi like pretty close to where the switch is. There's like a little closet right there, but that wouldn't work. But if I put it in, if I put the Raspberry Pi like in a, in a closet that's in the, in another room, it does work. It's like it's it's further away and it works, whereas when it's closer, it doesn't work, which is just so weird. Um, but it's after I after I got it to work, I have left it be and haven't messed with it. Did you do all this privately, or was there any discussion about what you were doing with the lady friend? Yeah, no, she, she was actually pretty interested in it. But when you, when you, you okay, but if, did you have to explain that last part? Oh no, she she saw me um that yeah, like futzing around with where to put it. <laughs> oh dear. Um what's noobs? Uh noobs is the what we were calling like the BIOS. So like that's what the got the, the SD card that I got came with that pre-installed. What happens if your SD card is not preloaded with noobs? You could, it, it sounds like it's not too much work to uh, plug an SD card into like a Mac and install it from there. Uh, so this, this is very un- out of character for you, but it's, it's very amusing. Um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, it comes with custom heat sinks. Yeah. I, I, at I least did. the one that I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, Cano kit, Raspberry Pi three starter kit, 32 gig for $75 on That's, Amazon. That's yep. So I, I got the, um, I'll, I'll pull open the exact one and put it in the notes here. So it's the, um, um, the Raspberry Pi three model B plus, um, <laughs> not the A minus, not the A minus. Um, <laughs> and I got the, um, I, don't, I guess I didn't. I don't know if I'm going to search my emo here. I, I, it was on sale. I think I got the. I don't know if I got the ultimate kit or not. Um, no, I, 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 I did. I got the ultimate starter kit. You got home premium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's a very funny joke. For people who remember Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this also it came with a bunch of other, uh, stuff that i I, i'm actually not really sure uh what it is um like a bunch of led lights and stuff which i'm not really sure what i'm supposed to do with but um you know i guess i got it on sale so (laughs) ah fun all right um eh, we can bang on a couple of these real quick uh do do you know what a, a company called airbnb I've heard of them. Yeah. Do you have a positive or uh, neutral or negative opinion of Airbnb? I mean, as a user of the service, I, it's it's always it's always been very positive. I've used them a handful of times here in the U.S. I've used them a handful of times in Europe. 
and it's I've I've never had a bad experience. Hmm. Okay, not as a user. This is an outside observer. So just like a, as an observer of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know much about like the company itself to be honest. Okay. Well, so they um, Airbnb a company that uh, it's Uber for living spaces because that's how you have to frame every every startup. Uh, well, actually, they're not a startup anymore. They they are a, fair, a very mature company, but they they have uh, they uh, connect they they connect people with people wanting to, to do short term uh, short term rentals of their living spaces, spare rooms, apartments, and stuff like that. So they are the anti hotel company, uh, as their CEO has put it multiple times in the past. Um, so last week they bought Hotel Tonight, a hotel booking company. Um, Airbnb, like I, I have a mixed opinion of them. As as a user, it's mostly okay. A lot, maybe you. So you've never had an experience on Airbnb where the communication with the person who is renting. I don't know what the terminology is. They they always, Airbnb always says hosting, but but that's that's a crock. You know what? Um, where they're like, kind of, oh, like they, they hint at people probably don't know that this is an Airbnb. So keep it quiet. Have you ever had an experience like that mm. where either it was explicitly stated or kind of suggested where you could totally in Dublin, the one that I stayed at. Yeah. Kind of didn't explicitly say that, but definitely gave us that impression, which I did, which I didn't feel great about. The one in London that I had was like, if somebody asks you in the building, just say, "Hey, you're here to see whoever." Like I think was literally mm-hmm. in the, and I was like, eh. but it was also a really nice uh, location, so I, whatever. But it's stuff like that where yeah, Airbnb is fine, but it operates in this kind of gray area. Well, actually, no, it definitely operates in this gray area. But yeah, there's more and more. Um, yeah, kind of. Uh, Sketchy is the wrong word, but a lot of borderline stuff happens on it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so they are buying Hotel Tonight, um, which was a, they weren't, they're not like a price line or anything like that where you're looking for the cheapest rate, but it's basically like you need a short term hotel thing. And usually they will offer, like I've used it a couple of times, they will offer a decent price on a mid range to high end hotel. Like they generally won't be, you're not going to get like some, like, cause I'm, I'm a big fan of Hotwire, even though it's a big gamble. Um, hotel tonight is less so like that, but usually you can get like a holiday inn or, um, a courtyard by me, like, like one of the, like, you know, the, the mid range three-star hotel chains for usually, um, a tiny bit cheaper than whatever, um, Priceline or Orbitz or Expedia would get you. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, like, I just think this is kind of interesting, uh, that Airbnb wants to be a really big player in the, um, hotel reservations and like, and like lodging industry and stuff like that um as being like a middleman um would and not not in the pejorative sense of that word but uh it, it's just interesting because they've always like again their attitude their the attitude of their ceo and i think i put in the thing and i don't yeah it's in the notes uh yeah so brian chesky the uh ceo of airbnb yeah his his whole thing early on was fuck hotels um and now I just I just find it amusing that they're buying into this because they've thought that you know what not everybody is comfortable with um, just leasing space from some random person or frequently or more much more commonly uh, some random uh, real estate investor or somebody just trying to flip something, which is again more of like kind of the 
less savory part. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just find it interesting that they're trying to diversify what they offer, and they feel that know if we are going to be successful in this, that hotels are actually part of that equation. Yeah, it's it seems smart. It's it's um not a perfect analogy, but in some way analogous, I think, to Amazon dabbling in physical retail, where you know it, it's not going to ever be their primary focus, but there are just going to be certain use cases where people are going to want to buy stuff in a physical store. So why not have a little bit of a presence in that space? Likewise here, there's just going to be situations where people, whether it's just because they feel more comfortable with a hotel or or whatever, are going to, are want to, going to want to book a hotel. And so Airbnb kind of wants to be available to those people. Yeah. So just interesting. Um, in the run-up, and I know they're not entirely um, and uh, comparable businesses, but in because Airbnb is not public yet, right? Not yet, but I think the expectation is that they will be public this year. Yeah, I mean, in the run-up to uh, Lyft just filed their S one and uh, will be going public soon, and um, Uber will probably be doing that sometime later this year. As these companies go public, I, I just find it very interesting that the business models slightly change and what and what a mature a, a more mature company uh, tends to look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. What? Uh, yeah. So I don't remember. Uh, I was out of the loop on the rumor cycle. What? What? To round this out, what? What was the deal with um, Apple product rumors or something? Because none of this is expected to be announced at the uh, the, the, the services revenue event. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, we, I'm not sure Steve's gonna or Steve, Tim. I don't think Tim Apple's gonna call it that. No, we we won't see these at the March 25th event. Um, but no, so we've we've officially learned now that um, Apple's designation of a shittier version of their product is the presence of a headphone jack, which is what which is what these uh, these rumors indicate. Which is Apple's going to um, refresh the 9.7 inch iPad, um, and it's going to retain both Touch ID and a headphone jack. Yeah, that's weird because Touch ID is a very, is a much more superior technology. So it is weird that that's staying in the low end of the lineup. But yeah, I, I, again, I, I've I've said multiple times that I think the um, the 9.7 inch iPad is one of the best values possible for people. Like for like because for a lot of people, like if you if you don't care about the um, the second generation Apple Pencil, because um, this does support the old one, um, and the what's what's the thing called where the the refresh rate on the iPad Pros is higher? The um, yeah, I don't even remember. Pro Motion is that a thing? So I, I think I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you don't care about those two things, like for the people who just want to play the the New York times crossword and watch Netflix and maybe check email and read Kindle books and stuff like the 9.7 iPad ends up is, is one for a company that seems to um, literally want to take every dollar out of their customers pockets. Uh, this is a very good budget friendly product. So I, I I'm very pleased that it's, it's getting updated. Like I still don't use an iPad and I don't want to, but it's, uh, it's cool that they're addressing this. But it, I guess, like my putting my jackassery from the beginning aside, isn't it crazy that like the cheaper version of a product includes when I, I would agree with you a superior biometric sensor and a headphone jack? <laughs> like it's just it's a it's amazing that the less expensive product has 
more and better stuff. Well, maybe that's their revised definition of courage. (laughs) Like, I don't know, because like, because Samsung in the new Galaxy S10 phones, like they have a screen that goes fully edge to edge and has like a little like hole punch thing for like the front cameras and stuff. So there's no notch on it. And that still manages to have a headphone jack on a phone that's really, really thin. So it's not like that's not what's keeping like it's not the fact that the iPad Pro has narrower bezels because iPad Pro is definitely not an edge to edge screen. It's closer than it has been in the past, but it's 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 not edge to edge. Like, so that's not why it doesn't need to have a headphone jack. So I don't know. Like, it, it's I still don't necessarily buy Apple's thing with that. Because, like, if you're doing pro applications and stuff on the iPad Pro, like, AirPods aren't going to cut it. Like, if you're doing video editing and audio editing, the, the Bluetooth latency on AirPods will just drive you insane in, in 15 minutes. So then you have to use the USB-C to 3.5 adapter. Like, I mean, meh. So yeah, so I, I, I can't like I I don't see how maybe it's that they um, I like I don't know how many concessions Apple makes for the education market, but like I mean since it's mostly schools that are buying these, and schools probably don't want to deal with Bluetooth pairing. Like I don't know if that's a big enough market that they would actually make product decisions based on that, hmm. but maybe that's it. Maybe because otherwise, I mean, like I mean, you know, Apple doesn't like anything that that's a port on anything. Right. So like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, so that's cool. Um, and then you also had in here, what products will we see from Apple this year? Or sorry, are we excited to see from Apple this year? Um, was there a story related to that or was that just a in general thought? It's kind of a, a general general thought. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Like I really want an iPhone that I can upgrade to. Like I still have an iPhone 8 because I still really don't like Face ID. So if there's an iPhone XS2 or an iPhone 11 that is $100 cheaper and has a second-gen vastly improved Face ID, I would be very happy with that. But right now, like, yeah, I, I have no iPhone X NV whatsoever just because, like, I, I bought it and unfortunately I had to return it just because, like, yeah, I, I don't like Face ID, man. I guess maybe the other reason I brought this up is because I don't think there really is anything Apple product related that I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year, because it seems like in the spring around WWDC, the focus is probably going to be around the Mac Pro, which is which is going to be cool to see, but is just not a product for me. And then, you know, come the fall, I think we're going to get a fairly iterative upgrade to the iPhone and, and possibly the Apple watch, which, you know, is stuff I'll, I'll be curious to see, but it's not going to be all that exciting. I don't think so. Yeah. I know I'm kind of in a spot where I'm not, I'm not super excited about anything on Apple's short term roadmap. Uh, so I'm going to push back on that. So, well, real quick, um, you're on the iPhone upgrade program, so you right. you kind of are forced to be excited about because <laughs> otherwise you're gonna you're, you're paying full boat for the phone that right. you ultimately have, and you don't strike me as somebody who would ever be like, oh, the new phone's barely any better. Oh no, I you, you know the the Ryan doctrine. I'll be getting the new iPhone every year. Yeah, um, and Tim is gonna do some. What did he say? Financial maneuvering or <laughs> <to get me. laughs> that was such a bad interview. Um. 
Yeah, the one thing that I will push back on, or, or that, I, that I will that I will say that I think you might have left out, and even though I know this won't materialize for a while, the Apple Video does, service? No, God no, <laughs> God no. If it comes for free with my Spotify subscription, yes. Oh, you think you think they'll do that? Um, Apple wants that services revenue. I think they'll take it any way they can get it. Hmm, okay. uh, Tungles for next week. There is a uh, a website. This came up. Um, if you go to timetoplayfair.com. Spotify has uh, created a whole entire website tell is saying that Apple's 30% is bullshit and it's totally accurate. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, the, the MacBook Pro. I think that is very likely to either be a, a summer or fall thing. And fortunately, it's probably going to start out with the, the 15 or now 16-inch model. So... When that eventually, when that stuff trickles down to a redesigned 13 inch, just because I, I I hate this laptop so much and I and I I hate the touch bar and I want my escape key back. I the caps lock key is not an escape key. I I am very excited. Like excited is the wrong word because it's it's like hate excitement. Like I'm excited because they've they've done a person so wrong. I I, I don't know what that term is. It's like it's like hate watching something or, or like hate reading. Yeah, I, I not to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but I I don't think they're going to do what you want them to do with the keyboard. Can they make one where my arrow keys aren't crunchy? Like I I, I don't think they're going to go back to like something with four times the key travel. Right. Like I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna address for or further address reliability. That they'll, they'll for sure do that, but. My, I don't know, my whole read on like the whole Apple keyboard, I don't want to get too far into this, but like my whole read on this Apple keyboard thing is this is such a Apple tech journalist no. inside like or uh, bubble thing. Like no. I'm sure there are some people out in the general public that don't love the new keyboard, but the amount of outrage around the design of the keyboard I just don't think it's something that people outside of our little T word circle think about. No, I do. But you, you're inside this bubble. I'm not me. inside of a bubble. I live outside the bubble. I disconnect from the bubble. <laughs> um, I go outside the bubble wearing only my cellular Apple watch. <laughs> right. Um, I think people can under like, no, like, no, this generation of laptops is shitty and bad. I there's no two ways around it, and I don't think people. No, it's it's more expensive than it's ever been. The, the, the like you don't think other like moving away from the key travel thing. Like you don't think regular people and I, regular people is the wrong word. Normal people, I don't know. Like are annoyed. Like even if you don't, they they're like, oh yeah, I, the keys are thinner. Cool. Like that th that's great. Or the, <laughs> what's the thing they talk about in the keynotes? The keys are more stable. Like fucking great. But you don't think regular people are pissed that they can't plug their iPhone into their Mac out of the box? Like you don't like like USB C is a mess to like T word people, but you don't think like just your average like lawyer or doctor like whoever's just buy or like student is buying a laptop and they're like, oh, this computer doesn't plug into literally anything. Like, I think there's a lot, like, even beyond the keyboard, I think there were a ton of compromises in this laptop that's annoying as hell to people. So, I actually, yeah, I, I would be a lot more sympathetic to the argument around the um, incompatibility and inconvenience of USB-C 
to the general public than I would be the keyboard. So I, I think that's a fair point, but there is, I'll grant that there's some small chance that maybe Apple does take a step back and kind of rethink the keyboard design. There is literally a 0% chance that Apple is going to <laughs> ever, Giuliani. that's ever going to um, put a regular USB-A port back in a Mac. That is, that is just literally not going to happen. I think you're right, but what I'm saying is that that it, that proves that this there are multiple reasons this generation of laptops has been problematic. Well, but, but I guess what I'm saying though is you're looking ahead to this next iteration of laptops. No, no, but I I don't think there's going to be non USB C ports on it. Yeah, I'm just saying that for people like your or the suggestion I'm hearing from you is that most people don't care or think that this generation was bad, or that the only complaint about it is the bad keyboard. And that's where I would dispute that. What I do hope for this new laptop is like that. Maybe this is just like that. Again, I'm into photography, and and I I I want to be able to read a fudging SD card. Like, but like an SD card is not thick. They can put an SD card reader back on it. Yeah, like I don't know if you've ever definitely not going to happen. I can dream. I can be hate excited for this. <laughs> um, or like, have you ever had to give a presentation with your laptop? Having to go buy some funky off name uh, uh, straight from China USB C to HDMI adapter that is is finicky as hell. I I I have not had to do that, but I <laughs> I would imagine that's not great. I I will the, the mini chef special. There's there's one from a company called A U K E Y, and it's mostly okay. It's one of the least bad ones out there. They're all bad. <sighs> like I. I get that things have to get thinner, but like literally every design choice they made in this laptop, other than making a space gray, is bad. Yeah, the space gray is nice. Although the, I've, the bigger, I've, the I've, I've scraped mine nice enough time. Too. Yeah, that grew on me. Like at first, I thought it was too big, but now it's it's kind of nice. Sorry, what, what were we gonna say? Um, yeah, just everything's bad. <laughs> um, no, it's like other than yeah, space gray. Like just everything. Like there's no upside none like the touch bar i i don't know anybody like even regular people like who like other than the fact that you can pick emoji with it like the touch bar is bad mm -hmm. they've proven that they can do touch id without having to have the the touch bar on it so no other macs have the touch bar so therefore like the imac pro the imac the macbook air like none of these laptops have the touch bar so People are like, there's already a dearth of uh, full fledged, like full assed Mac apps. So nobody's going to develop the, for the touch bar anyway. So what's none of it's good. So I, I, I hope that they like, if I don't know, the part that frustrates me is that like, I, Apple has more, more money than they know what to do with. I, the company is already so big. How can you not just hire people to, pretend to care about the mac laptops for people who still want to buy a mac like i, I don't think phil schiller and in, in like the best brains at apple are fretting over the macbook pro so so hire somebody with that 240 million dollars that you have from that tax break that tim apple lobbied so hard for trump to give him like just hire anybody to give a shit about the mac laptops why do you have to torture the people that make the apps for your most profitable flat platform until you can replace all of your iOS stuff with services revenue, like make good computers again. 
except my 5k iMac. It's great. No, I think I think they're just going to let you build iOS apps on iOS. Sorry. They won't they because iOS is so well I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But... No, but that's not going to happen because iOS is bad. Like like for for the reason Xcode doesn't exist on an iPad is because it's bad at multitasking. Like like have you you you've tried i like you have a fancy new iPad Pro. Have you ever tried doing like no, the, we, the, we commonly joke about this. The multitasking is bad. So how would anybody write an app on it? Like, sure, you have Xcode or like Swift Playgrounds or whatever it's called, but like, no, there's a reason computers still exist. There are certain applications that are better for that type of thing than others. And I don't know. It took me it took me six hours to install Homebridge on Linux, so I'm not I'm not the most qualified to be speaking to the needs of developers i i would be more inclined to say this is the year of linux on the desktop than saying people can get actual work done in an ipad <laughs> don't at me remember when that was the thing ah this is this is the year of linux i i think people probably still think that's a thing remember ubuntu or whatever there was always that dumb yeah, thing where it was right. just it's like oh yeah because ubuntu always had silly names of their releases and they're like oh yeah it's it's yeah there's no lockdown there's no microsoft there's no nothing <laughs> Linux stuff <laughs> specials. Yeah, so I I already gave mine. So oh, you're well, you're on the spot. Um, well, I uh, you seem very alarmed about the the one I was going to allude to. So maybe I'll I'll let that be fully baked for next week. Um, wait, what, have, what were what were you going to pick? I I will let you hear that in editing, and then I will talk about that later. Okay. Um, what do I have? Okay, I'll use this one. This is... Oh, did you know that uh, Keurig merged with, uh, formerly known as Green Mountain Coffee, merged with Dr. Pepper? I th- I thought I heard something about that, yeah. Yeah, so the, the company name legally is Keurig Dr. Pepper Snapple Company. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so this is a really, really half-assed pick of the week because um, I'm going to uh, push back, and which is the opposite of pull forward, um, my pick. It's gonna be a single. It's gonna be a single serving Twitter account called uh, "Can You Pet the Dog," and I don't like video games at all. <laughs> but it's an account where literally it's just "Can you pet a dog?" in various video games. This is yeah. This is very much in your wheelhouse. Yeah, like video games are bad, but um, yeah, I, I I'm such a fan of just like the Trader Joe's soon to be discontinued instagram account like i just really like when somebody's just like you know what there's a very very specific thing i care about and i want to share that with the world and i think that's great yeah this this is pretty good and I, i've gotten down to the section here um with a post about nintendogs and i'm, I'm remembering wait can you back. not no no you can't you better be I'm, just, I'm remembering <laughs> that nintendogs was a thing and that's oh god i forgot the, is that the 3d is that the oh no it's just that's what the ds stood yeah, for dual the, screen the ds yeah Oh, I like there's a button called choose this dog. <laughs> uh, this is man, Nintendo. I'm glad they're on a roll with the switch. Me too. 